Welcome to Retirement Plans A to Z. I'm Sue Burnett with Monarch Financial Advisors, and this series focuses on qualified retirement plans. There are a lot of moving pieces with these plans, and the rules are complicated and complex. So we're going to break them down into smaller pieces, 26 pieces to be exact, from A to Z, with maybe a few extras thrown in just for good measure. Episode B for business planning. When is a qualified plan not a qualified plan? When it's being used for business planning needs, such as succession planning and buy-sells. We're going to cover qualified plans and then succession planning and buy-sells and see how they can come together to pay for business planning needs with pre-tax dollars. How does this all work? Let's talk it through. In general, qualified plans have to benefit both the owners and the employees. So some of the tests that we have to do to make sure it's qualified means that you can't give too much to the owner and you can't give too little to the employees. In a typical plan, we like to get at least 80 to 90% or more of the benefit going to the owner. So let's talk about a buy-sell first. Fun fact is that a buy-sell agreement really has nothing to do with buying or selling a company at all. Of course it doesn't. That would be too easy, right? Per Wikipedia, a buy-sell agreement, which is also known as a buyout agreement, is a legally binding agreement between co-owners of a business that governs the situation if a co-owner dies or is otherwise forced to leave the business or chooses to leave the business. Generally, the business puts insurance on partners or co-owners, with the beneficiaries being the other partners or the business. If a partner then passes away, the spouse usually gets the shares of the business, whether they want it or not and the business gets the insurance money. The business can then use that insurance money to buy the shares back from the spouse. Essentially, the spouse gets the money, the other partners in the business get those shares back. How would a qualified plan be used for this? Well, insurance can be used as one of the investments in a plan, as long as it's used for all the participants and as long as you don't use too much. If partners are getting a larger benefit, a portion of that contribution can be used to buy life insurance, and that can be used for a buy-sell. So let's take an example. Say there are three partners and they put in a plan so that each partner is getting a contribution of $200,000 into a pension plan. The plan can then use 30% of this contribution or $60,000 per partner as premiums to buy insurance. That may cover 750,000 to a million in death benefits for those partners. And remember, this is coming from a plan contribution which is deductible to the business. See where I'm going? If each partner needs $3 million in insurance, you may be able to get a million for each of them in the plan, paid for pre-tax, and the rest is done outside the plan on an after-tax basis. You'd have two policies, sure, but you just saved around $100,000 in taxes with those premiums by paying the $60,000 out of the plan for the three of them. Why pay tax if you don't have to? The rest of the assets in that plan that aren't used for insurance would be in general investments. Usually we see annuities, mutual funds, things like that. So let's move on to succession planning. Most owners would love for their children to take over a business. I can tell you that there is no way in heck either of my boys are on that track. Here's a fun fact. Only 30% of family businesses make it to the second generation and only 13% make it to the third generation. So if you're looking for your children to take over your business, you may need a plan B. 
namely to bring someone in and keep them there until you're ready to retire. Let's use myself as an example. I own Monarch Financial Advisors, and I want to hire a younger version of myself to take over the business when I retire. I hire Lou Burnett instead of Sue Burnett, get it? So things are going great and Lou is doing well, and I'm expecting to sell her the business in about five years. But I see that she's not really saving, and I'm hoping to get a million dollars for Monarch. If she could put away $150,000 a year, that would come really close. But with all of her vacations and fancy cars, I don't think that's going to happen. So I may never retire. How could a qualified plan help? Well, let's say I set up a plan maximizing payments for me, and I know that I would be able to contribute $150,000 a year for Lou. I show Lou two summaries. One, showing the $150,000 going into the plan for her. This would result in almost $800,000 in five years, and she really likes that. Then I hand her another stack of papers. There's a summary showing no contribution going in for her, as well as a legal document that says, I'll credit the $800,000 that I would have put in for her towards her purchase price in five years. This is amazing in a lot of ways. For me, it keeps Lou here for five years because she'll have an $800,000 credit towards buying my business. So it's a retention tool. Also for her, she never actually had the money in her pocket anyways. So it's money that she's credited that she never really had. For me, I keep the $150,000 a year that I would have given to her, maybe put in a little more for myself. Either way, the money's going into my pocket, not hers. So it's forced savings towards my end game of retirement. Wrapping it all up, qualified plans are great to save for retirement and to give business owners tax deductions. But when is a qualified plan not used for a qualified plan purpose? When they're used for business planning. They can be used to fund buy-sell insurance pre-tax by using insurance as an investment in a plan. They can also be designed for succession planning, zeroing out Lou's benefit in the plan and using it as a credit for her in the future. And that helps her stay with me until I retire. How much can be used? Well, that's what we're here for. We can get you up to the limit so you can be sure to maximize the use of your plan. A final fun fact, empires, monarchies, and dynasties, just like businesses, usually look to pass ownership to succeeding generations. Some, like the Roman Empire and British monarchy, are way more successful than others. And the prize for the shortest reign goes to Louis Antoine of France. He reigned for a whole 20 minutes before abdicating. And my guess is he didn't even have time to put a succession plan in place. Want to learn more? Tune into the other A to Z podcasts where we continue to break down these wonderful and complex plans into bite-sized pieces. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Have any questions? Shoot me an email at monarchfinancialadvisors at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day.